0: Welcome to feeling asian a podcast where two asians talk about their feelings i'm young me mayor
1: and i'm brian park
0: oh my god we have such an amazing guest this week as always and you already know who it is because you saw the title um but <laughs> i just want to say right now if you're watching on youtube i you know i'm zooming from home and my dog is humping the shit out of my cat so like you might see that i'm sorry she just stopped <laughs> now she's like laying down she's taking a nap but she's going to start doing it any second now, just so you know.
1: Your dog has that post-nut clarity now.
0: Post-nut clarity, like the shame, like, what, the, what did I do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, listeners, before we introduce our wonderful guest this week, we got to do some Patreon shoutouts, young me.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. If you, In case you don't know, we have a Patreon, which is a place that you can subscribe to and donate money to our podcast. Um, there's a bunch of different tiers, starting at $3. But if you do decide to subscribe, minimally you get a shout out on our podcast, which we're about to do now. These are people with money, everyone. And then we just, <laughs> we just try to guess who you are. I don't know what. We just mention you and then pretend that we have psychic abilities and act like we know who you are yeah
1: yes and our goal is to offend you at this point
0: we're just embracing (laughs) that yeah because it keeps happening
1: basically (laughs) okay well without further ado first shout out for this episode goes out to bonnie Yao.
0: oh my god bonnie what a great name bonnie
1: bonnie bonnie is the always orders uh fried chicken with her boba
0: oh man the chicken the fried chicken nuggets at the boba place are so good do you think bonnie is um half irish and half asian <laughs> sorry
1: oh you're going she could be i'm getting strong abg vibes from bonnie L. oh
0: okay she is qu-
1: quintessential asian baby girl
0: do you think bonnie is short for something
1: absolutely it bon- not it's not what would bonnie okay. be, what would bonnie be sure
0: for bonafred i don't know it's just like, bonaventure I've never, bon- I've never met a bonnie in my life um well thank you so much for the money bonnie
1: um next shout out goes out to amanda davies der no like it's two <laughs> last names oh, okay. davies dash d-e-r dare amanda davies dare
0: okay i like how yeah. you're like Der. i was like <laughs> i thought you were thinking um no
1: no i was just uh pronouncing their name
0: i like i like this uh i like a three-name person that's some strong character you know that they have like a personality on them you know
1: or they work a job that's really important
0: yeah just it's a or or they're like a, like their family every one of their family is like really wealthy you know what i mean i feel like that's like a wealthy person's thing
1: so are we guessing that amanda is extremely rich
0: do you think do you think she's married? And then that's like her spouse's last name, Dur. And yes. is Dur an Asian name? Is it? It is. Yeah, it sounds our, our more Asian
1: than is. Davies. Dur, Dur is Asian. What kind of more Asian is. than Davies?
0: So Amanda might be Asian, but her partner is definitely Asian. Dur.
1: I or that, Amanda is Asian and their guess. partner is white.
0: You're right, yeah. We don't know whose last name is who. You're right. <laughs> right,
1: but we're going to guess that Amanda is white and <laughs> their partner is Asian. and
0: D- Amanda is a tutor.
1: Okay, you guess yeah. tutor. I'm, I was going to guess count, city council person.
0: Oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Something very lawful. <laughs> lawful yeah. vibes from this three-name important person.
1: Extremely rich but does a lot of community oriented services
0: teaching kids how to play soccer i don't know something like that yeah
1: <laughs> amanda's gonna hate this shout out
0: <laughs> our,
1: our next shout out is kiara qui c-u-i um Kai?
0: you know Kui. yeah
1: yeah kiara Kui, kiara qui
0: as you know, Brian likes to subvert Asian stereotypes by proving that Asian people also don't know how to pronounce other Asian names. So <laughs>
1: oh my Brian God. doing
0: the work. I'm just kidding. Um, I feel like this person's... I'm getting a very like a uh, youthful vibe from this person. I think that this person's in their early 20s. They're in college. Oh. Maybe a teenager.
1: I think uh, our psychic yeah. vibes are misaligned today.
0: <gasps> yeah, something's off. Yeah, it's because we're Zooming, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I was going to guess that she's uh, Kiara is a is a femdom big oh, okay. in the BDSM community.
0: Yeah, but why can't you be like 21 and be a femdom? You could be young and do that.
1: That's true. That's on me. That's do on me. Yeah. <laughs> do you know well,
0: something. Yeah. You know something. We... <laughs> well, you said well,
1: you said cutey vibes, but uh, that's that's my uh, narrow-mindedness assuming that you cannot be cute while also be a femdom.
0: You know what? This is just proving that no matter what your age, you can always be a dom. I think
1: yeah so Kiara yeah. keep doing you uh, and thanks for supporting the pod next shout out goes out to Jin he Ha oh, oh
0: my god Jinhee Ha thank you so much for the money we love you I'm seeing a hair I'm seeing a hair cut again it's um I'm seeing wavy okay wavy wavy hair like that you know like those like Instagram influencers that are like just like I'm not gonna say it basic but I don't mean that about this person <laughs> <laughs> they have that like that hair that like perfect looking hair all the time I'm seeing oh. that
1: Okay, so Jinhee, you, you just said Jinhee's basic. Then she's you going know what? apple yes. picking. I'm gonna
0: double down. <laughs> basic. Yeah, they're probably apple I was... picking right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to guess that Jinhee plays piano at church.
0: That's just that's just a Korean person, though. Korean right? basic. Well, Jinhee, well, we thank lost you. We that oh. one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and our last shout out for this episode <laughs> goes to Rachel.
0: It's just Rachel.
1: It's just Rachel
0: okay i want to pull out really i mean this is a funny thing like you, even if you donated money to our podcast and you're rachel how would you know that you were this rachel do you know what i mean
1: i'm gonna rachel. guess that rachel is a big twitch streamer okay because there's some ego with this donation <gasps> like to just to just say your name is rachel, rachel and to be yeah. recognized as such but have the confidence to know that you'll recognize when we say rachel She's that's like, twitch that's, streamer that's energy
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was getting the psychic vibe that this person doesn't live in the States.
1: Oh, ah, okay. That's my she vibe. She lives in like Singapore Indonesia. or
0: something. Yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah. All right, cool. Well, anyways, <laughs> thank you so much for donating and thank you all for supporting the podcast. Once again, you can do so at Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. And uh Young Me, I think it's time to introduce our wonderful guest this week.
0: I'm so excited.
1: Listeners. You are in for an absolute treat. Your guest this week is an incredibly, incredibly talented comedian, and they were just recognized by Vulture as one of the comedians you will and should know, and basically you've seen them everywhere on social media. Please, listeners, give your ears to Jess Tom.
2: Hi guys, thanks for having me. Woo! (laughs) <laughs> I got so excited. I feel like having a good credit is especially important on an Asian show. Oh, yeah. yeah. A nice prestigious credit.
0: <laughs> we should start introducing people by like saying that they went to like a, a fake Ivy League. Did you go to an Ivy League school, Jess? I
2: went to... Uh... I went to Smith, which was a women's college, which was like the female Ivy Leagues before women could go to Ivy Leagues. Wow.
1: Wow. What if we started But now
2: it's kind of like a mid tier liberal arts college. Well Were
1: were you arch rivals with Wellesley?
2: (gasps) Sort of, yeah. Sort of. Probably our our rugby teams had a (laughs) sordid rivalry with each other. That
0: is that's a wow, rugby. That's hot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, that's what they thought at at smith college yeah
0: (laughs) what if should we start doing that or is that too like asian Asian asiany of us to be like here's this person they went to this school so you have to respect them
1: (laughs) i mean that that is how respect is earned amongst the asian american community is what college did you go to i know otherwise how are you
2: gonna know where on the tier we fall exactly (laughs) how yeah
0: how are you gonna know how hard to laugh at their uh jokes their dad jokes and stuff you know Mm -hmm. right at dinner how are you gonna know who's pouring whose drink
2: (laughs) exactly because it has to go in order of university ranking (laughs) yes
0: exactly it used to be age but not in 2021 (laughs) i feel like Getting on that list makes you, like, top-tier Ivy League comedian, so congrats.
1: Congratulations.
2: <laughs> thank you, thank you. That's what I did it for.
0: <laughs> I just wanted all the respectivations.
1: <laughs> How did your parents respond when you told them that uh, Vulture uh, recognized your comedic efforts in this way?
2: I don't know that I told them that. <laughs> really? Uh, My, um, oh man... Okay, we're just gonna get right into family dynamics immediately. Yes, we love that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't talk to my family that much. Okay, not in, in and not even in a really dramatic way. I know yeah. that, like, especially when a queer person is like, I don't talk to my parents that much. It like sounds really dramatic. Mm-hmm. It's not really like that. Yeah, we're just. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like a loaded question.
1: And when you say you don't talk to them that much, are we talking? Once every three months? Like, maybe
2: once a month I remember to call home.
0: Oh, that's not that That's bad nice. I,
1: I wish I had that. I, I talk to my parents too often, and
2: it's suffocating. <laughs> let, let, me, let me check and see. I also don't want to, like, paint this, like, sad, like, Cinderella story, like, I have no parents, which isn't <laughs> totally, it's not 100% true. Um... <laughs> <laughs> let me see I don't know okay here this is funny that I immediately was like yeah we can talk about literally anything and then the first question you asked me is making me totally spiral out it's No, that's, about, like, no that's, like a super,
0: that's like a super you know it is a loaded yeah. question and it's like I mean I don't talk to my parents at all I don't know if I've talked about this in the podcast I'm very open um I mean I guess that's not true I do talk to them every once in a while but I'm like it's not good
2: you know it's complicated yeah i did okay this is what it is is i did send it to the family group chat and my parents didn't respond again that sounds really dramatic and that's not even really right and this will probably come out when we talk about other stuff today also but the vibe in my family is kind of like okay like Mm. all right i Mm. guess that's pretty good yeah 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 Yeah.
1: like not even in an overly dramatic way or like painting in a negative way that's just it's just that's the baseline it it just is no
2: everything is just kind of like uh uh-huh like okay
0: well now that we're all sad um (laughs) before (laughs) i know now
2: that i've talked around my broken family dynamic
0: (laughs) oh god well you know we want to really get into your life and your work but before we um ask you all that brian how are you feeling
1: uh i am feeling a bit paranoid yeah so listeners you (sighs) we are recording this um right after we just announced uh the cancellation of our live show um yeah i'm very bummed about that i was really looking forward to it but Mm. uh I, i know it just seems that there's a lot of people in my immediate circle who have COVID and the COVID numbers are rising in New York and I'm traveling Mm -hmm. out of country uh, in a week and a half. And um, I don't wanna risk getting COVID and have that blow up my holiday travel plans. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just feel really paranoid. I'm in that state, it's a very uh, early COVID, 2020 early COVID vibes where Mm -hmm. I feel like a tickle in my throat and let's just neglect the fact that I didn't drink any water in like 20 hours. It can't it's be It's definitely that. COVID, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's basically sums it up for me is I feel very uh, paranoid because I don't know. I'm here in the city for a few days, but I don't want to be holed up in my room and apartment. Ugh. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just trying to navigate and figure that all out. Like, I went to go get a rapid test yesterday I waited in line for three and a half hours. It's insane.
2: Three and a half hours? Very April
1: 2020. Yeah. <laughs> We're back, baby. April 2020 Yikes. all over again.
2: <laughs> Wait, it was really three and
0: a half hours, Brian?
1: Yeah, I waited so long.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, somebody told me that because we just canceled their live show and I was texting my friend. And my friend was like, I've been driving around the city and the lines are like crazy right now everywhere.
1: Yeah 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 I know, and i only and I only went because I was paranoid. It came out negative, negative. and then I was kind of kicking myself I'm like, God damn it, <laughs> I but mean, that's
0: the best case scenario
1: but yeah that that sums it up for me. How are you feeling, young me?
0: Well, you know, like you said, we just cancelled our live show, and you know. Every you, I've been talking about it a lot. Um, if you know me personally, you know that it's very important to me. It's like kind of become my entire personality at this point. But um, <laughs> so I, I am really bummed about canceling it. And it's weird because I think, I think I read an article or somebody sent me an article that said that, you know, this is the first time with the new variant that COVID is sort of like settling into what it's going to be for the rest of our lives. You know, like the flu, like it's not Mm -hmm. as dangerous um but the issue you know with the show was that literally everybody i know basically got covid last weekend i feel like yeah i don't know what's going on um every everyone that went to like a holiday party over the weekend got covid like you brian i have gotten tested um I feel like it was like two or three days ago. And then I got tested last week because I kept feeling like a little under the weather. And then I got really paranoid. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I guess I was like, okay, moving forward, it it feels like we're all just going to always have COVID and we're going to have to stop really canceling events or whatever. Or, you know, that's what everyone's going to start doing. Just keep going, pushing through. But I think just for this show, it made sense because a lot of the comedians were going to travel the week after and I didn't want people to have to I'm I'm like this is me being 100% like serious like at the rate that people are getting COVID right now if we had the live show I guarantee you there would have been like an outbreak you know there definitely we're gonna yeah. be at least a few people there that had COVID there's no way right. that that wasn't gonna happen like just ju- based on the numbers and like everyone I know getting it and I was like, yeah, I, don't yeah. want, I don't want, you know, to be the reason that someone's fucking Asian grandma died. You know, like, <laughs> no. Nah. I don't want, like, a bunch of Asians to come watch this Asian show and then, you know, that's sad, so um it's
2: true all our families are old as hell (laughs) asian people have old families that's a fact about us all asians are old
0: that's the fact all asians are old
2: and if we're not old we go home and everyone there is old
1: yeah (laughs) i don't know why asians are all old um you ever notice
2: that thing where asians be old I mean no one wants to talk about it but we're all thinking it.
0: yes you said it
2: you're so brave you said
0: it <laughs>
2: uh, just saying the thing we're all thinking just... <laughs>
0: um anyway yeah so i'm like bummed a bunch and then a bunch of other stuff happened and i was just so sad this week but it's weird because i think because of like the pandemic maybe like now sad stuff i'll be like super sad And then I'm just Mm -hmm. like, dad, there we go. Like, it's just like, it's not like the old days when like one sad thing would happen and then I would be out for a few, a few weeks. It's like, now I'm like something hugely sad happens and I'm like, like, you know, yeah, it's weird. Um, but I agree with both of you when you say that it definitely has April 2020 vibes right now, for sure.
1: Sorry. I just wanted to add one other thing, you know, as, as a byproduct of staying in more these days, uh, I've been wa- I've been watching the Sex and the City reboot. Oh no! On HBO Max. Yeah. Funniest show on television right now. It's really? very cringe In what way? And, it's, and it's very funny. Um, I mean, they just talk like it's basically like boomers trying to be hip, mm. and so they wrote like Carrie Bradshaw's characters like I have to go record a podcast right oh, now. No. <laughs> Not yeah, me. I got yeah. um.
2: Yeah. Is there is there an Asian guy on the show?
1: Yes. Uh I've only seen yeah, so Bobby Lee is uh he's oh, a podcaster
2: God. on it. Yeah. Yes. I I got uh an audition for that part. Oh, oh that could have been wow. you, Jess! Jess! I but I didn't I didn't do it
1: oh <gasps> you turned it down. You didn't want to do it you passed on it
2: i didn't i didn't do it because they had set it up like they wanted i don't know if this is how it manifests on the show right um but they wanted the bobby lee character to be like the opposite sort of of like sada ramirez's character
1: uh-huh yes
2: who's the like non-binary podcaster or whatever mm. and yeah. i was like that's really nice and, like, open-minded of you that you would send me this, like, Asian bro part. Huh. Yeah. Which I'm into, but I was like, if you specifically want me to be different from Sada Ramirez, I'm the same as Sada Ramirez, so. Right, interesting. It's, like, not the same thing. Wow. Right. And I'm definitely, me and Bobby Lee have a different vibe.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would say so. You and Bobby Lee, uh, a little bit different. Um, a little yeah, bit different. a, a tad. Yeah. <laughs> different, different <laughs> tad senses different. of
0: humor. <laughs> oh wow wait so brian are you saying that you think it's funny ironically or you're like you're like this writing gets me like you're laughing at no it's it,
1: it no it's funny uh, in an ironic like i because the show i still right. don't even know if the show is trying to satirize gen z and woke culture
3: mm. Mm. like i don't even
1: know yeah i was a bit confused but but if it was a good satire you would know exactly so that's yeah. why i think it's very funny
0: <laughs> wow brian not us having the same job as carrie bradshaw not that
1: <laughs> I, I know never... i know i know i mean it's <sighs> See, happening representation
2: now. matters today yeah you could... <laughs> No, could no to get knocked down
1: years. a peg young me podcasting is incredibly cringe and yeah. we all need to know this
0: <laughs> yeah this cringe yeah. character carrie bradshaw now is now doing it i'm out I feel like I feel like the fact that Carrie Bradshaw is like believably making money being a podcaster is just as unbelievable as like back in the old days where she was like she had like an Upper East Side apartment by being a columnist that wrote one article a week or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, Okay, sure. Um, <laughs> anyway, Jess, how are you feeling? Listen,
2: she has a booming Patreon. Oh, yeah. You know oh. what? She would. She would
1: it's true it's true i mean barry Weiss seems to be doing pretty well on patreon so no, I- God, really? <laughs> oh yeah absolutely no i don't want to hear that so if Barry Weiss can do it, Carrie Bradshaw can do it too.
0: I feel like the uh, true I, I don't know why this became like a sex in the city podcast all of a sudden, but because like,
1: I brought it up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I,
0: I feel like the true honest character, I don't know if this happens in the actual show, but I feel like the actual character Carrie Bradshaw, if, if she was still around and relevant in 2021, totally canceled. She would have totally been canceled. you know she's so out of touch. You know?
2: No, like Alison Roman, she would just make a mistake. She would just say the she... wrong thing at the wrong time.
0: Yes, she would make a huge mistake and it would be donezo.
1: And I couldn't help but wonder do I hate Asian people? <laughs> and I couldn't
0: help but wonder oh my god, this is a funny sketch character, Alison Roman as Carrie Bradshaw. And I couldn't help but wonder did I invent curry? <laughs> um
2: jess how are you feeling well now i feel paranoid too guys my my birthday is this saturday
1: oh my gosh happy early birthday
2: yeah i don't know and i'm having i've been planning to have like a really small get together it was always going to be small like less than 10 people yeah and now i'm like i just texted everybody to be like hey if you can get tested before that would be cool but it's just like you know a week ago i wasn't planning to take almost any precautions and now like i also have people in my close inner circle who have covid or who have been exposed and i'm like okay well now like kind of what am i doing (laughs) what am i doing what is this my god
0: yeah i don't know it was also my birthday last week and i didn't do anything
2: uh happy birthday
0: thank you it wasn't it wasn't like me being like cautious it's just i'm a
2: loser
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so you're also a Sagittarius. Is
2: I am a Sagittarius. Ew. A, a Sag- so it's Sag-, Sag-, Sag season.
1: Right, are Sagittariuses known for being chaotic? I'm just basing this off of young me. Is that a character trait of Sagittarius?
2: Sagittarius is a much maligned uh, sign, but I think it's because people don't understand us and they don't understand what we're about. They have certain expectations of us that don't align with reality. Uh, I was just watching Lord of the Rings and I was saying to my roommate that Gandalf is a Sagittarius. Mm. Oh. You know, like he he has all yes. these people in all these different places yeah. and he just shows up randomly to see them. Mm-hmm. And every time they see him, they're like, oh my God, Gandalf. They're so excited. <laughs> but then he leaves again.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh. Le- and they don't know where he is. Like he might be dead. He might be anywhere. They don't know. Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. So I know you brought up Gandalf as uh, an example of how. A Sagittarius Malign. queen. But I just <laughs> that scene sounds pretty chaotic. <laughs> Gandalf just showing up to parties unannounced and Irish exiting immediately after.
2: <laughs> really? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, he's changed people's entire lives. He changes their whole world around cuz he just shows up and is like here is uh, uh, the one ring that can end all of life as we know it.
1: Right. Oh my god. He's always dying. Sorry, I've been always changing reading. his hair color.
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He yeah. shows up, he has a new name, he has a new wardrobe. He's like, this is me now. Get with it. <laughs>
1: oh, Gandalf the I Grey? I relate to that. W- yeah, we're, we're not doing yeah, that yeah, anymore. Yeah, 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 Gandalf the
2: Grey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm we're Gandalf not doing that. Gandalf the White. <laughs> I've changed. Keep up.
0: Wait, is that a known fact or is that your theory?
2: That's my theory. Thanks. I just think that I he has Sagittarius that. vibes.
3: Yeah,
0: for And sure. I also
2: think, you know, he pisses people off. Like, he pisses off Saruman. Saruman probably loved him and wanted him to stay. But he exactly. doesn't stay. He's Gandalf. He goes. You know White what? When we
0: want to go, we go. And then you're going to be <laughs> missing us.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. But overall, how do birthdays make you feel, Jess? Well, I'm turning the corner on birthdays because now I'm kind of old. You know, like, I'm not young. I'm just Asian. This is yeah. just what I look like.
1: I mean, like. we we established Asians do be old.
2: We are all old. Asians do be old. We're no real. matter what we look like, we're literally old. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Birthdays, I feel like it's kind of depressing. But, like, it's a nice excuse to hang out with my friends. But then I'm like, are we all going to get a communicable disease?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, my well, God. Sharing is caring. I get so depressed. I was telling Brian, I got like, I had a full blown depressive episode um, last week. And I was like, I couldn't, Mm. like I would forget, you know, that like I get depressed around my birthday. So it was like really confusing. (sighs) But you know, I'm over it now. I'm getting real old. I was telling Brian in the Patreon episode, like remember insects in the city. They, there's an episode where Carrie Bradshaw's like, I just
2: turned 35. I'm fucking old as shit. I'm like, Uh, mm -hmm. I just
0: turned 37. Like I'm old. (laughs) Truly, which, you
2: know. But you're Asian, so you'll never look as bad
0: That's as true. Carrie. Oh, thank you. I'm going to, I'm taking that one as a, a great compliment. Anyway, so Jess, we, ha- we really wanted to have you on the podcast for a really long time. Um, and then I really, we did want to discuss your, you know, your non-binary identity. Um, but then I was also kind of wondering, like, I wonder if that is, I don't know, like annoying or something that, you know, you do have to discuss all the time. I know you do do jokes about it. Um, Is that, so I guess before we even talk about that, like how do you feel about discussing it?
2: I mean, I feel okay about it. Uh It's interesting because like the the whole world has changed so much Mm -hmm. over the course of the time that I've been doing comedy. I've been doing comedy almost 10 years. Wow. Since like 2013. Mm -hmm. And so it used to be that there was a real necessity for me to talk about this stuff because right. just, like, people didn't know about it as much. Right. And now, like, as we've been saying, there's a non-binary character on the reboot of Sex and the City. Like, it's just a whole other right. thing now. Right. So it, in some ways, feels less necessary for me to talk about, like, quote-unquote, being non-binary specifically because, like, now I'm sort of like, well... You know, Demi Lovato is talking about it. Right? right. On YouTube or whatever. And so if somebody wants to listen to just somebody talk about quote unquote being non binary, mm-hmm. like you can kind of hear that. Right. Anywhere. Do you feel.
0: Like, I guess this is the reason I want to ask you this, because we're doing the same thing that I'm about to bring up. But like, do you feel... Do it. Do it. (laughs) Like, do you feel annoyed when you you maybe go on a podcast or have an interview and like the whole thing becomes about that?
2: Um, I mean, I think it depends. I think that there's a cycle of questions that I get asked over and over again that now at this point, I'm like, blah, blah, we don't have to talk about this. Like Mm -hmm. in the beginning, in the beginning... I would do podcasts in like 2013, 2014 where people would really be like, so tell me about they pronouns Mm. and like, tell me how to use they pronouns. And now I can be like, look, there's an Instagram infographic for that. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
2: (coughs) Right. That you can just swipe through. Like, I don't have to talk to you about that. Yeah. In 2021, you don't
0: have to like have
2: somebody like hold your hand through
0: they, them pronouns. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. So it's just sort of a different conversation. And like, we sort of understand a little bit better now that like lots of people can identify as non-binary or identify as trans and like it can mean something different or like have a different narrative for each person. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in the beginning, I really kind of felt like, okay, I have to talk about this because sort of like who else is going to be talking about it?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We can just have a more nuanced conversation now, I hope. <laughs> and do right.
0: you? Yeah. Do you think that that's like, do you, is it, I guess, more enjoyable now because now you are... I'm guessing the people that approach you and want to discuss this, your identity with you, it's like, it's not like back in the day when they're like, what's they, them pronouns? Now you can really like get into like the meat events or some like things that are deeper
2: about it or. I think there's more opportunities to get deeper into it right now, mm. but whether or not we actually go there mm. also has to do with like what you guys want to know or like what we what we even want to be talking about.
1: I've wondered, like, I wonder that, because for you right now, is it is it a feeling of, like, vindication almost? Or is it just, like, make you roll your eyes a little bit? Because you, you, you probably were talking about this facet of your identity in 2013, where a lot of people were deriding it or mocking it or, you know, uh, minimizing, like, how uh, important these issues were to you. But then now, as you said it's in sex in the city and it's mm. in the cultural zeitgeist where you're like oh now you want to talk about it i've been on, i've yeah. been like oh now that it's tr- quote unquote trendy like how does that sit with you you know
2: i just actually um updated an intro bit that i do mm-hmm. i i like i mean you guys have seen me i almost always get on stage and i do this bit that's like Blah, blah, my pronouns are they, them. I like when people call me they. It makes me feel less lonely. (laughs) Um, And so I just recently, for my um, new hour that I just did, updated that bit where I tell that bit and then I go, that joke is 10 years old. I had to say it at that time. Mm. And now... It's totally different. There are all these different non-binary stand-up comics and it's a nightmare. Like, I never expected this. I thought I was going to get to just coast through, Mm -hmm. like, on tokenism. And now I can't do that anymore. Um, In some ways, I think it's really great, obviously, that, like, there are lots of people finding themselves in these identities and, like, having these words to describe themselves and that, like, everybody understands it more.
1: Mm Yeah, yeah.
2: But I also think that, and I think this about a lot of different representation from like non-binary to trans, to queer in general to Asian, Mm. like the level of representation just isn't that good. Mm. Mm. So like, there are some ways in which I'm like, wow, I'm so surprised that this has happened so fast that like Mm. now you can't turn on a TV show on streaming and not Mm. have a non-binary character. And then on the other hand, I'm like, well, it's the same goddamn non-binary character over and over and over again. That's like, actually, my pronouns are they, them. And I'm like, okay, we're, this is not an interesting yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. conversation. Yeah. Can I can I tell you my theory or like the something I feel like I, the only way I can sort of process that, because obviously I don't know how you feel. Please. Um, how I see it is, and this is in regards to the character on Sex and the City, even though I haven't watched it it's the the, and i'm just kidding um these characters um whether it's somebody like writing a non-binary character that's like cis like cis hat or you know somebody like a white person writing an asian character Mm -hmm. you can always hear it when it's Mm -hmm. not that person writing it because Mm. they're no totally yeah they're writing it in this like Character, like sort of like stereotypical caricature like what you said like my pronouns are they them like that sort of and there's like a weird like sort of resentful attitude almost that's like painted on that character because somebody's like writing it from down up here do you know what i mean
2: i agree with that um yeah. i totally agree with that and i think that this thing is happening a lot right now where it's like white straight creators mm-hmm. who have like latched onto the idea that like diversity is trendy and are now kind right. of inserting characters into their stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they
2: don't really know that much about it. So like for me it almost feels kind of sad cuz like I remember 10 years ago, like before Asia Kate Dillon was on Billions, where I could still only like imagine what it would be like like, if I could act as a character on TV
3: uh-huh. mm. and, like,
2: imagine how, like, good and cool it would be. Mm. And now I'm, like, now we kind of have that and at the level it's at right now kind of sucks, in my opinion.
0: I I think that that, like, character is so harmful. This is, I, I think about this kind of stuff all the time because it reinforces this generalization that's not authentic, I think. Mm-hmm. Because like if a non-binary person wrote this character, it would you know, like you would have like this um, experience that would make it really authentic. And it's not and it's not just somebody walking around going, my pronouns are they them. Like that's not mm-hmm. just not what that feels like, you know?
3: Right, um, right.
0: And I have this like example that I think about a lot. Do you do you remember like Orange is the new black? Like mm-hmm. how big that show was Of course, And I'm sorry, I I know I don't have the right to speak for, like, black people, but, like, I could tell that all the writers were white. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe there are black writers on the show, but it (laughs) it sounded really white, and it felt like they were writing the black characters as, like, a white person. Mm
3: -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I don't
0: know if any of that's true, but, like, I kept feeling that way watching the show, and I was like, some of the stuff is, like, I feel like, I don't know, like, a weird caricature of what you think it would be like inside of a jail you know and like how people would act like that i don't know
2: right yeah because it's ultimately just reflecting back like whatever the hegemonic idea is mm-hmm. of right. us as minorities yeah right. because it's still like their it's still their voice we're the puppet but it's their voice coming yeah. through yeah
0: yeah I mean, I don't know who wrote for that show, but even if the writers were, like, people of color, it would mm-hmm. be interesting to know if they're, if the person that ran that writer's room was white because then it'd be, like, they're right. looking for... Even if they hired people of color, they're still looking for you to talk like a white person. Do you know what I mean? Or write like a white person right. or something like that.
3: Right.
0: Anyway, I, yeah, I can... Totally right. I mean, the creator of the show
2: is white and the woman whose story it is is a white woman. She went to Smith. She went to Smith College.
1: Let's go. <laughs> Smith represent. And then she
3: went the to, jail. Re-
2: to me always the least realistic part of that story was that she didn't have her lesbian relationship until after she graduated Smith College. I oh, was like that's, that's so crazy. Funny. What were you doing?
0: <laughs> what were you doing
2: there? What were you <laughs> doing? What were you doing?
0: You weren't going to
2: the rugby games? With all of us,
1: I remember the. Do you guys remember the movie Blue? Is the warmest color? That, it's like a French yeah, film. I didn't
2: see it. The French. I film, didn't yes. watch it because because I heard the director was fucked up.
1: <gasps> yeah, the director was like I didn't know that a fucked up dude. But you know, the film is about these two women who fall in love. But the director is like some straight french guy and in, in the film there's like so much gratuitous like intense sex scenes yeah. that mm-hmm. go on for like a little bit too long it's like another ex- like what you just described young me where um it's like
0: who is this for that
1: the, the lens right like yeah, the lens yeah. is gonna permeate the story that you're trying to tell especially if there's like a power imbalance happening
0: oh my god that's like the movie the handmaiden did you watch the handmaiden the korean movie i saw oh, that with my
1: handmaiden. mom
0: why? Why would you? Sorry, why? Ryan.
2: Why did you do that? I would that?
0: literally walk out of the theater and kill myself. Because I like pain. <laughs> I mean, there was some gratuitous. Yeah. There was a, not gratuitous. I don't know. Yeah. It was a very we long. That's that, that,
1: that, seems, was... that is the longest measurement uh, a lot. of time is watch Handmaiden with your parent, your old Asian parent and the scene. <laughs> The handmaid. lesbian <laughs> sex
0: scene is like 900 <laughs> minutes long. I was like, "All right, this is hot. I like this." It's still happening.
2: What? <laughs> what did your mom sing?
1: Wakey uh, she said in korea ya, uh, ya hey. It's like it's so obscene. Why is this it's so, so sexy? Why is it so much? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god! I th- That's oh, your man. bad, though, Brian. Hundred percent bad. That movie's an adaptation. There's a joke in there about, like, you can't read English or something, and that's what you thought. <laughs> it was okay to bring your mom to that.
1: <laughs> Got, gotta say, though, a lot of Korean filmmakers, they, it's the films are pretty graphic, but this one, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, no, I mean, Handmaiden is based on, like, the original IP of that story is a book called Fingersmith by oh. Sarah Waters. So it's, like, a British novel, British lesbian novel. Yes. Um, that was made into a two-part BBC special, which was actually very formative for me. I watched it a lot as a teenager. <laughs> and in in that, like, the story is literally like, and then on the third day, we went for a walk in the garden. Like, it's not... The same at all oh. as the handmaiden. The handmaiden yeah. oh. is like, my fingers are in her mouth. Like, Wah. I was like, no,
1: no scissoring. A little, okay.
2: I was shocked when scissor- I saw the, the handmaiden. I was scissoring. like, this is not what
0: I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it's a great movie, but the level of scissoring in that movie is the amount of scissoring, most scissoring in a movie ever. I think
2: I don't know. It was Maybe. definitely the Korean director touch that made it more graphic like that (laughs) yeah they just it's like kind of a chased story
0: huh interesting right interesting that's good to know now i'm gonna read the source material
2: so you tell your mom it's your people you did that
0: (laughs) the koreans did again it's the koreans (laughs) fault again this is what Um, the conclusion we get to on every episode
1: (laughs) well speaking of the chase uh jess you discuss your sex and dating life pretty openly in your comedy and on social media. Does your openness in your material ever affect your personal life and relationships?
2: I mean, I think this one is interesting because when you guys sent me the questions, I was like, do I talk about this more than other people do? Mm. And I'm, I'm not actually sure that I do. I just think that the nature of my relationships are more... Different and dare I say, interesting. Mm. So people latch on to like Jess Tom talks about sex and relationships. But it's that like I'm talking about like polyamory and like power dynamics and right. like open marriages and stuff, just as much as like Steve whatever is talking about swiping on Tinder. Right. right. Wow. Right. Is it our own Damn. bias? It's for sure We're our own, own, own biases. Bias. Like, I mean, I, cause I about? especially think like young me, I think you talk a lot about sex and dating.
0: Well, I mean, to be honest with you, the reason why I put that question in, uh, it was my question was cause I wanted to talk to you about <laughs> like, talking yeah, about know, sex let's get into on stage. It. Yeah. And I, let's wanted, get into it. and I wanted to be like, Oh my God. Like, cause I feel like there's so many weird, funny stories when you talk about sex a lot, a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and then you have relationships with people and, And they're like, oh, you talked about this. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like that sort of awkward situation. And so that's why I kind of like, that's what I wanted. That's the juicy goss that I wanted to hear from you, if I'm being completely honest.
2: I feel like number one, when somebody enters into a sexual or romantic relationship with a comedian, Uh they've kind of signed an unspoken contract that we may speak about you. It's kind of like it's too bad. Same with any artist, a writer, a musician.
3: Mm -hmm. anything
2: it's Mm -hmm. like yeah you might show up in the stuff that's the deal yeah you want to be in my life this is my life
0: but instead of like a song where it's like she left me cold it'll be like so i was (laughs) Mm -hmm. i was like touching her boobies on the subway like you know like it's gonna be all the little details
2: (laughs) i wonder if you guys relate to this i feel like there's a window like when you just started dating somebody, you can talk about it because yeah. mm. it's casual yes. and you guys haven't like established a relationship yet. And maybe mm. they have never seen you do comedy. They haven't come to any of your shows yet. Yeah. And then right. once you've established a relationship, then there's a portion in the middle that's like, <laughs> I don't really know if I can talk about this anymore Yeah. because now we're in a relationship. And 100%. then sometimes you can get further to like, okay, now we're comfortable with each other. Like right. now yes. I'm gonna start talking about it, and then yeah. that's usually the point where I break up with them right afterwards.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. And they-
1: as a uh, as a cis straight man, that's the part where I'm like, well, my ex girlfriend's a mm-hmm. freaking bitch. <laughs> women <laughs> suck.
0: All my exes are crazy. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh my god. You know the thing about women. <laughs> they they make me sad wait
0: (laughs) Jess does that mean that when you start feeling comfortable talking about somebody that you're in a relationship with you're in your head you're like yeah we're gonna break up
3: (laughs) no
2: that's just no that was just that was kind of the timeline of my my last relationship was like Mm. I would get into once I finally got into talking about them shortly afterwards our relationship ended but I don't think they were correlated I think that that just happened right I
1: do think that is a general timeline though Mm -hmm. that maps out to my previous relationships too
2: it's interesting and like I'm encountering this now in my current relationship is that because I'm um non-monogamous it's not just the feelings of the person or people that I'm dating it's also like anybody that they would be in a relationship with too Mm. so Mm. I always kind of want to make sure and this actually feels very Asian not to dishonor the family
0: (laughs) (sighs) Dishonor the the past. The the
2: polyamory family. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That that's like so interesting to bring that aspect into. Oh my gosh. So how can we hear more about your relationships? I guess. Well, I mean, like on the like what you touched on, like maybe just because when I talk about my relationships, because they're just like a little bit um more, you know, like not the norm of what you would hear a comedian talking about. What? Okay, so you're a polyamorous. You're in a re- a non-monogamous relationship right now,
3: mm-hmm. with somebody. Yes,
0: I am. Okay, and then what? I feel like you're probably the first polyamorous person. In, is do you identify as a polyamorous person? Is that okay to say? that? I think
2: yeah, you can say that. Okay, I, but I think of like polyamory or non-monogamy as like a behavior rather than identity. Right, right. But other people don't feel the same way. But that's how I feel.
3: Okay.
0: Right. I feel like so the, I'm not
2: yeah. like I'm just I am polyamorous, mm-hmm, but I will be mm-hmm. like I'm in a polyamorous relationship right now.
0: My right, last right. relationship
2: before this was a monogamous relationship.
0: Oh wow, okay. So you are you are comfortable like on the situation based on the person or the emotions mm-hmm. for, of that like yeah going back and forth. Oh, that's so interesting. I think you're the first person that we've had that's well actively in a non monogamous relationship besides fumi abe i think who do you know Ah.
2: (laughs) of course i know (laughs)
0: Fumi. he was like in an open relationship the last time we talked to him so
2: well without getting too deep into that i'll just say that whatever i'm doing and whatever fumi would be doing are probably really different not in a personal way it's just like really really different to be like straight and in an open relationship right versus like me, I actually think it's much oh. harder to be a well, straight. So, like, what oh, is really like
1: what 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 are those differences? And we're not saying this is like specific to Fumi, but like, what no, your no, conception no. No, of No, Fumi, straight... we like
2: you. This is not about Fumi, right?
1: But I, I, I'm curious to learn more about that. Like, what are those differences then?
2: Well, it's literally like straight people have more of a script that they're supposed to stick to.
1: Yeah, You have
2: more of, like, a pathway, and it's very direct. It's, like, we date, and then we live together, and then we get married, and then we have kids and a dog, blah, 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 we have a house. Right. Whereas I, like, I'm already going to hell, you know? (laughs) Like, there's nothing I can do right, so, like, I can kind of do whatever I want. And there's more space for me to figure out alternative ways of being in a relationship that aren't just get married, have babies. And I think it's way harder to break out of that script.
1: Whoa, okay.
2: Yeah, because like I don't even have that. You know, there are people, I could be like, I want to have babies and have a kid. And people would be like, that's crazy. That's like an insane, bad thing to do. Mm. So like, I don't have to like, nobody's pressuring me to like have a nice family.
1: Like in my head, I'm assuming, you know, things could be casual for infinity or things can become very intense, like quote unquote intense or very serious in a matter of one week per se. Like it doesn't abide by a script or a timeline. You just sort of do whatever, whatever the fuck because like you said, you're going to hell anyway. So there is no script.
2: I mean, I just mean that I don't have the same kind of societal pressure on me that straight people do. So like if I want to date multiple people at the same time, or if I fall in love with multiple people at the same time, or I fall in love with someone who's in love with someone else, it's sort of like, well, yeah, like, I can, yeah, there's just no pressure for me to, like, be doing one thing anyway.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, also, I... I found, because I'm like, I'm queer, I'm bisexual, and then I I find that when I'm in relationships that like, I I was going to say stray from heteronormativity, but that makes it sound so bad in a weird way. It's just like, that are like not traditional, like heterosexual Mm -hmm. relationships. I find that I feel this like sort of freedom. So I kind of understand, you know, I kind of understand what you're saying where I'm just like, oh, this is like a thing. And like, I am feeling all these emotions it's really liberating and nice feeling for those emotions to like sort of go into this shape that feels almost like you know like water when the bottle is shaped differently mm-hmm. because with like a heterosexual relationship the bottle is shaped like a like a mason jar like a mason jar with whiskey <laughs> in it you know what I mean? like i don't know it's so like, a what, wedding a ring
1: nalgene.
0: it's like what yeah it's analogy <laughs> it's a wedding ring exactly so it's like a You know, it's just uh, uh, he's going to drive a pickup truck and I'm going to make cupcakes. Like, there's this, like, little thing. But then I feel like in those relationships that I have that are not heterosexual, it's, like, it does feel like, you know, one of those, like, mukbang bottles with this shape like a grape and then you pour the blue liquid in and then you see it's, oh, it's a grape, you know, like that. Like, it feels like, oh, there's, like, so many places for these emotions to go. And I think Mm -hmm. it feels... I don't know, nice in a way for me. <sighs> Thank you for clarifying that your sex life and Fumi sex life look very different. I believe that, 100%. <laughs> if there's one it's
3: thing
2: I know on this planet. <laughs> me and Fumi have had a couple of interesting conversations. I think, I hope this is true and that I'm not misquoting him on this, where it's sort of funny because, like, it manifests that me and Fumi are both sort of, like, like five foot six or seven Asian guys. Right. But um, but because he's of his experience and I'm of my experience, Fumi says stuff to me like, like you probably get more girls than me all the time. And I'm like, well, yeah, like, yes. <laughs> yes,
0: because yes. I'm cool. I, I do.
2: <laughs> but like, that's actually because it's, in my opinion, harder in so- a lot of ways to be straight. Mm. and like have to conform to like straight expectations it's Restricted. We're you it's- know
0: what it's because we're Sagittariuses. that is true like
2: that that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's also like, true that's also that sounds that sounds yeah. like it sucks no no no, yeah. no the people love the people love us you're always just yeah. showing it's up like to not-
1: parties and then iris exiting with the person mm-hmm. that i've been eye fucking all night and then <laughs> that's it
2: but we didn't even know that we didn't even know that <laughs> we were like what we were like brian you were there
3: <laughs> Don't oh, put that sorry. on us. <laughs> Don't put that. That's so funny.
1: No, but I just want to touch on like your uh, analogy of like, not analogy, but word choice of like scripted. It, it has come mm-hmm. up a few times on mm. this podcast where, uh, more specifically about my own like sexual experiences, I had to work with a therapist to kind of overcome a lot of uh, bedroom anxiety where, mm. uh, and she hammered into me like, straight men just have a blueprint or like a script for how sex should go and it's always the same like mm-hmm. you make out you do a little bit of foreplay penetrative sex you come done adios that's it it's like always like mm. follows that same sort of methodology where mm-hmm. and now I'm like hearing you say that your relationships di- your relationship dynamics are like less scripted and it's more amorphous and takes a shape that it just takes now I'm fully convinced that queer people just unequivocally have better sex than straight yes, people. Yes, that's true.
2: Um, that you true. don't have to be convinced of that, Brian, whether or not you believe it, that's just true. Um, but, whether or not. Well, I, I mean, I worked at a sex shop, at Upscale Sex Shop for three years, so I was the one helping straight people out most of the time. And I was like, oh, this is like not good. <laughs> like, oh, you guys no. are in trouble, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> like, thank God. I was here getting paid $9 an hour to tell you, like, it's not okay for him to talk to you that way.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. um,
2: But I also think, though, it's a cis man thing. Mm. I also think cis gay men have a really hard time, too. Breaking out of a script.
1: So in your time working at at that upscale sex shop... Would it, like, would you notice a pattern where, like, all cis men, like, uh, go towards the same items or things when they have this idea of, like, we're gonna spice things up in the bedroom, let's include, insert this object or this thing?
2: I would say that what I really noticed from guys a lot of the time was that they, um, they were, like, trying to get something for their wife or for their girlfriend, I'm doing air Mm -hmm. quotes, um, but they didn't seem to know anything about her. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, like,
1: you'd ask, like, what is your girlfriend like? Oh, my God. It's like, I don't fucking know. She's hot. No,
2: really. Really. They, or they would be like, well, what's popular? And we'd be like, no, that's not really how it works. It's, like, actually very personal. Or, like, I remember literally, like, me and this guy had finally decided on one vibrator. It came in three different colors. I was like, what color do you want? And he was like, what color should I get?
0: <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Oh my god. You're Do making us you... look bad.
3: Yeah. I mean I feel
0: like I feel like if any en- if anyone's ever watched porn, because like the first time you ever watch p- porn, it's usually like the whatever the most popular kind, which is made for like cishet men, right? And you watch that and you're like, Oh my god, they are what's going on here? What's going on in your little minds? You know, like you find this like I I always find that like the porn that's like very obviously made made for like straight cis men. I'm like the the women are obviously not enjoying themselves and it's like Mm -hmm. fake orgasm acting. And I'm like, like, you guys think that that's what that looks like? Like, you've never seen a woman come, have you? If you think that that's realistic.
2: I'm hesitating Mm -hmm. because I... (laughs) I've watched a lot of porn and I like just yeah. started, I just started talking about this on stage uh-huh. that I like really am in the past year starting to wonder if I like have a porn addiction and if I Uh-oh. maybe have had one for a really long time. <gasps> Should we not talk about this? No, we can talk about it. It's just. Okay. What makes you think you might have one? I mean, I really oh, definitely in the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah like, for the first six months or so when I really, really wasn't doing anything, I feel like, like, the pandemic really made us, like, isolate all the way down to, like, what are these core things about ourselves? Or, like, what are the core things that I do? Like, Mm -hmm. for comfort? Like, what do I do when I'm alone, when I have Mm. nothing, when I can't go anywhere and I can't see anybody? What Mm -hmm. are the things that I'm going to do? And, Mm -hmm. like... I was like watching a lot of porn Mm -hmm. and I still it persists like today not Mm -hmm. as much Mm -hmm. as when I literally was not working at all obviously but I'm like oh like is this a thing that like this is the thing that I've chosen to do Mm. what do you so
0: during that time in the pandemic when you were like really thinking about that was it was it something that you felt like you didn't you wanted to like not be doing or change about yourself? Were you viewing it in a negative way or?
2: No, not particularly. And I don't think that it. Oh, like, I think something becomes a problem once it gets in the way of your functioning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like if
2: I was, if I was late today because I was watching porn, I think that would be a problem. Right. Yeah. But no, I was late today because I was drawing on my eyebrows.
0: Okay. Okay, okay, (laughs) good. I was going to be like, I had
2: to do. Or are you trying right. to tell us that you're to- right <laughs> that you have a problem no i have a different oh. problem actually- which is that i can't be seen with no my
1: i i used to have a problem with porn consumption and like you said Jess, like it became a problem like i identified it as a problem when you know i would be sexually intimate with someone but then it wasn't as arousing as like porn that I was consuming totally so totally. then i like go I would go to my brain to like scan for clips or something to totally. be more engaged in the moment and so that's when I stopped wow. and that compelled me to stop because I was like all right the, the the writing's on the wall like this is not healthy I should probably you know not watch as much porn and see how my brain approaches it but mm-hmm. um yeah wow. I don't know is that something like for me that was like very clear that that was getting in the way of a function but for you it It seems that maybe it's, you can still consume a lot and it's not really getting in the way of your, your life that much.
2: It's weird because a lot of the porn that I watch isn't reflective of the kind of sex I have in real life. Mm. Mm. So it doesn't, I don't have that exact same direct connection. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. But that's also something I'm still trying to like figure out. I'm like, what is this about?
1: yeah I, I have like I have a few yeah I few of my guy friends have said like the porn that they watch is totally different from who their like sexual partners might be at the moment
0: I also am like that but I don't really watch that much porn and I but I am very horny and you know I do engage <laughs> in like risky sexual behaviors but I've never seen it as a problem even though I think most people if they were me would
2: like yeah. do you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> So, like, you don't I, see what, it as a problem, but that might be the problem.
0: That's the problem. <laughs> the first step is <laughs> knowing that you have a problem. No, but, like, the, the reason I say that is because, like, yeah, like, you could watch. I know that there are a lot lots of people that have, like, porn addictions and issues with that. But yeah. you could also just watch a lot of porn, and that's just, you know, it's fine. So I've
2: definitely seen a lot of porn.
0: If any uh, Asian people listening right now have OnlyFans,
2: Hit me up and I will subscribe for you. Send that link.
1: Young next episode, Young is gonna be like, we need the Patreon more than ever, everyone. <laughs> we are in a deep
0: <laughs> we're, we're in a deep
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Subscribe to so many Holly fans. <laughs>
1: well Jess, uh time went by so fast on this episode, but um, you know, thanks for being so open and teaching us a thing or two. <laughs> but um before we let you go, we like to ask this question to all of our guests, and that is, what is something that you're proud of?
2: What is something that I'm proud of? Um, I've been thinking about this. You know how people on Twitter are always doing, like, what's your biggest flex of the year when mm-hmm. it gets to be the end of the year? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I realized that this year was the year that I started making my money full-time from comedy. Nice.
1: Fuck yeah. That's fucking, yes. that's huge. You should be so proud of that. That is really amazing. I'm very proud
2: of that. Yeah. And I feel proud that that happened, like, in spite of everything that's been going on right now.
0: Wow, what a flex. That is a huge flex. (laughs) That is amazing. (laughs) Living the dream. I love to brag. That is truly the dream.
2: That's what I I do, is I come on to podcast episodes and I just brag. It's very obnoxious.
1: But that is an accomplishment (laughs) that I think you absolutely should brag about because yeah making money full-time doing just comedy is so fucking hard to do and i think that's a that's a testament to your talent and your hard work so i think it's something that you should absolutely be proud of
2: thank you i've been waiting for an asian woman and man to say this to me
0: (laughs) and we're old
2: we're old old asian
0: (laughs) (laughs) woman and an old asian man (laughs) approve of your career
2: (laughs) thank you thank you
1: (laughs) well uh, Um, Jess for all of our listeners where can they find you and your work
2: totally Um, you can find me on Instagram at Jess the kid that's J-E-S the kid or on Twitter which is where I'm more disgusting uh, at Jess Tom (laughs) at J-E-S-T-O-M
0: how about you Brian
2: Um, you guys can find me on
1: socials at it's Brian Park and what about you Young Me?
0: why um, am mayor and young We mayor on tiktok i'm sorry that my dog gave up the humping it was really funny but if you're watching on youtube <laughs> you saw a little yeah. bit of it and we got it yeah look at her she's so tired <laughs> <Darn>. <laughs> that's right <laughs> um uh, anyway check yeah check out our podcast on at Feeling Asian podcast everywhere, we have a YouTube channel. You're probably watching if you've, if, you know, if you wanted to see my dog. Um, and, and please subscribe to our Patreon if you have three dollars a month.
1: <laughs> yes, and once again, we're so so sorry for those of you who plan on going to our December live show. However, uh, we have a huge show in the works and the very tail end of January. But, um, uh. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that, and we'll definitely be sure to let you all know first because we want you all to have priority access to those tickets.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Jess.
3: Bye. Thanks, guys.
1: Bye.